Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. Wendy and do something. So we're learning practical tools uh, to a more prosperous life. Practical tool to a more prosperous life. We said it is building abundance capacity. There's no reason for overflow if we don't have the capacity to handle it. Uh, our, the, the God's blessing will be limited by our capacity to handle his blessing. And that is very, very, very important. Last week, we talked about, you know, our knowledge, building our knowledge capacity. It's very important. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, have your way. Speak to your people. Inspire our heart. I break every spirit of cynicism, every spirit of distraction that hinders people from receiving your word. I break it in the name of Jesus, and I ask you open our heart to receive in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Last week, we talked about three important aspects of knowledge, or three kinds of knowledge. If you're going to really live a prosperous life, you must know yourself. Know your capacity, know your strength, know your skill. We also must know how money works. It's very important, very important. Many of us don't. What, how does money work? How do companies make money? How do people make money? How does financial market work? How can an individual person maximize their income? How does investing money work? How does real estate work? It's important for us as Christians to not wallow in ignorance and laziness, you know, to know that our responsibility is to seek knowledge. Why is knowledge important? Knowledge is important because God cannot help us without knowledge. I'd like us to read a scripture, Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. The Bible says, my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. And he said, because you have rejected knowledge. I'm going to really just pause a little bit. Can you display that scripture? Are we having a problem? Display? Can we? All right, let's displace the scripture. I want everyone to see it. If you're having a problem, just let me know so I can move on. Can we? All right. I want you to see, it says, my people. How can you be God's people and still be destroyed? I mean, so God isn't talking to foreigners, somewhere people who don't know him, people who are disconnected from him. So it looks like he's lamenting here, right? That I can't even help my people. I mean, they are my people and I can't even help them. They are being destroyed, not from me, but from lack of knowledge. And he changed it a little bit in the next phrase there, because you have rejected knowledge. So it shows that it's also not because of inavailability of knowledge, right? It's not because the knowledge has not been made available. What happened is they rejected knowledge. They don't care about it. 
they refuse to, you know, they, they just say, you know, we don't care. And that's ignorance. Ignorance simply it comes from the word ignore, right? The root word ignore. That means it's there, but you ignore it. So knowledge, you know, without knowledge, God can't help us. Jesus also made the same lamentation that the children of this world, the people of this world, are more shrewd, they are wiser in dealing with their own kind than are the people of light. It's not supposed to be so. As children of God, we must know knowledge is important to our well-being. Hallelujah. We, our faith is a faith that thrives on knowledge, on light. Jesus says, I am light. Thrives on knowledge. Most of the prayers in the New Testament has to do with knowledge, spirit of wisdom, revelation in, in the knowledge of God. God wants us to know him. That's important. Now, how do we get knowledge? That's another issue. Some people think knowledge is something that just comes magically. No, you get knowledge by seeking knowledge. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 14 says, The discerning heart seeks knowledge. All right? Seeks knowledge. You know, but the mouth of the fool feeds on folly. All right? Foolish people, they are loud. They are not discerning. They just, you know, they talk, you know, but they are not discerning. Discerning means to be attentive, to be very, very detail-oriented. You know, it's very important. So knowledge comes by seeking knowledge. Knowledge must be pursued. Proverbs 19 verse 2 says, desire without knowledge is not good. It's not good enough to just say, I want to be this. I desire this. I want to have money. I shout whenever people say prosperity. You know, but you do nothing to it. You are, you are not seeking knowledge. So we must seek knowledge. Hallelujah. The Lord gave me some powerful revelations some, you know, some years ago that, is, that I'm going to share with you about the life of Moses. You know, if you go to Exodus chapter 18, you're going, I'm not going to read it because of time. But in Exodus chapter 18, uh, we see a very, very interesting story in the life of Moses. Many of us know Moses is... I mean, when it comes to really experiencing God, I mean, none of us can even come close, right? You know, uh, you know, you know, saw God face to face, especially given the under the old covenant. Moses experienced God, God's miracle, God's power. As a matter of fact, when some people taunted him and tried to belittle, belittle him, God said, "You know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take that. Moses is different. Moses is special." And Father, the Lord said, if there's a prophet among you, I speak to them in dreams and visions. But Moses, my servant, is different. I speak to him face to face. Moses is special. It's not just there are prophets and there are prophets. That's what the Lord told them. And it's very important for you to know this. But Moses was missing something. So in Genesis, I mean, Exodus chapter 18, his father-in-law, Jethro, was visiting him. You know, at this point, he had sent his wife away because of the tax going on. He needed to lead the people. He sent his wife away to his father-in-law and the two children to stay with the, you know, with the in-law. So 
the father-in-law now came and brought the wife and the children to go see him. I mean, so they came to Moses. They come to Moses, and you know, they told him, "Your father-in-law is here with your family." Moses left what everything. He greeted them. Moses shared all the testimony of great things God has done. You know, and they were very excited. They were very, very happy. Then the next day came. Then the father-in-law decided to go to walk with Moses just to observe what Moses was doing. Then he saw from morning till night, Moses was counseling people. Moses was settling disputes. And he started from morning up until night. So after the whole thing happened, and the father-in-law in the evening just said, you can't live like this. In fact, he said, what you're doing is not good. You're going to, why would you have to sit down all day from morning till night? And Moses said, what choice do I have? I have to set to dispute. I have to counsel people. I have to seek God on their behalf. I have to, I mean, that's, that's my job. And the father-in-law said, no, you can do better than that. And he said, really? He said, yes. He said, I'm going to show you how to do something better. You're going to appoint people. You're going to break people into groups, groups of thousands, group of hundreds, and you're going to appoint leaders. You're going to look for people who are honest, people who are honorable, people who are wise. You're going to appoint all of them. You're going to train them. You're going to pray for them. Then you're going to put them in charge. And you're going to say, anytime you have problems, you go to these people, you know, to the leader of thousands. Under the thousands, you group them in hundreds. The leader of thousand can resolve it. I mean, they go to the leader of their hundred. If the hundred guy can resolve it, they go to the leader of thousands. I mean, that one can resolve it. They go to the higher leader. Then if you, they can resolve it, they come to you. So you only have to deal with cases that all these levels couldn't resolve. And he said, if you do that, it is going to help you. That was awesome. And Moses said, wow, I never thought about that. And Moses did that. So Moses gathered, chose 70 people. He chose all of them. He gathered them together. And he said, you know, this is what my father-in-law taught me. And I'm going to... And Moses prayed for them. Now, I, I learned a few lessons from that. The first thing that occurred to me is, how, how didn't Moses know that? I mean, Moses... Why didn't God tell Moses all this while? I mean, Moses was going to the mountain... I mean, God actually dictated the new, I mean, Ten Commandment to him. He wrote it on tablets. I mean, he saw God face to face. This man was going to kill himself, and God didn't tell him. <laughs> God said, there are some things I don't tell people. There are some things you just have to seek and know yourself. It's not everything God is going to tell you. Now, Moses was humble. Moses learned from his father-in-law. Sometimes many of us are too proud to even learn from others. I think Moses could have said, Jethro, have you seen God before? <laughs> I mean, look who is talking here. I mean, have you seen God face to face? You say no. And he asked God really, when you start seeing God, come and give me advice. Right? Isn't that what you're going to say? But you know something about Moses. If you look at Moses and Jethro, Jethro was a rancher. Jethro was a businessman. He was a rancher. That means he managed shepherds. Moses was a shepherd under Jethro. 
Jethro was an extremely wealthy man. He was a prince. Prince usually were wealthy people. That's what they said. So Moses worked for Jethro. So Jethro has practiced. I mean, he's, he's figured this out out. He knew that if I'm going to be successful, I can't just be a shepherd. There's so much, there's a limit to what a shepherd can handle, right? A hundred sheep. But if I can have hundred shepherds, right, who we'll manage hundred sheep each, right? All I do is manage the shepherd, you know, teach them, work with them. So Jethro has some wisdom that he was able to share with Moses. Praise the name of Jesus. That tells you that there's a lot that goes to being successful. Moses will probably have died early. And God will say, okay, sorry, you were so stupid, you died early. It doesn't matter to me whether you're on earth, you're in heaven, come home, let's give you a room, let's continue the walk on earth. Many of us are like that, living without wisdom, we know, and, you know, and we're thinking God should do some things that he would not do for you. God is not going to manage your money for you. God is laughing at you when you take your bank account, you lay your hands on it, and you are praying. God is laughing. God is saying, oh, my God, what a stupid boy. Uh, at least he's saved. Let's go and worry about Asia, people who need to really go to heaven. <laughs> if you can't figure out how to learn, how to seek knowledge, it's too bad for him. So there are some things God will not do for you. He has given you the ability to do it. Hallelujah. Amen. So knowledge is very critical. We must seek it. We must know it. Amen. So today we're going to talk about another, another skill we must develop if we're going to live a life of abundance. It is our management capacity. Ability to manage what God has given to us. In order to prosper, we talk being able to earn money is the first step, Right? You must be able to earn, whether through your job, whether through your businesses, whether through investment, whether through real estate, you must be able to earn money, right? But that is one step. Your money, money manage, ability to manage the money determine whether you are able to keep the money, whether the money is going to do a lot of good for you is very important. And God watches that, our management skill, our ability to manage what he has given to us, determines whether we can get more. Hallelujah. In Luke 16.10, the Bible says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Right? Are you being faithful with what you have now? Are you being faithful? I want you to look at yourself. If you are not faithful, I don't want you to shrug it off and just say, you know what, that's not, I'm just going to pray over it. I'm just going to plead the blood of Jesus on it. I'm just going to move on. No, 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 no. I want you to be brutally honest with yourself. I am not faithful with what I have. You know, I am not managing what I have very well. And I'm going to do something. But because if you're not faithful with what you have, you're not going to be faithful with what you want. God knows that. You know, all these desires you have, God is looking, how are you doing what you doing with what I've given to you? Hallelujah. Why is management of our resources, why is it important? The Lord gave me a very powerful analogy that I'm just going to give. You notice when you first, when you, when, you, uh, when, you, when, you, when you wash your clothes, you know, hopefully you have a washing machine. 
All right? Either way, you're washing, you go to uh, anywhere at home or in the place where they do it. You wash your clothes and you put a, a pile of clothes. Now, there's a big difference if you just take everything and put it in a basket to when you fold it, right? When you fold it, you are able to put more in the basket, the same amount of clothes. See, the same amount of clothes, you are able to fit more in the basket simply because you arrange it well, right? You manage it well. Whatever is managed properly, always go further, all right? It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's little, whether it's... So it's important for you not to just live your life, you know, just, just your money go wherever they need to go. We just, you know, you're not thinking about it. You say, oh, yeah, I don't like money. I don't like management money. I don't care. You know, you didn't like many subjects when you were in school. I mean, did you stop going to school because you didn't like them? I mean, but why did you read them? Why did you study them? You needed them. You, you couldn't graduate without them. So you deal with them. It's not everything. If our life is just based on what I like to do, what I don't like, or I don't like talking to this person, I don't like going here. If you live your life like that, you will never be able to maximize your life. So it's so quit, skip, quit saying that. Your life revolves around money. You can't do anything without it. You spend most of your time either making it, going to spend it, you know, I mean, you're either going to work, going to shop, I mean, everything, right? So it's important to know that you, are, you already need this. It's already part of your life. You just don't want it to control your life. Management is how you tell money where to go, right? If you don't tell your money where they should go, they'll go everywhere. They'll tell you where you should go. <laughs> you know, that's very, very important. So whatever is managed properly, right, they go, it stretches further. It's very important. You also must know how much you earn to know how much you can afford to spend. Many of us make decisions that are just not realistic. You know, we don't, we just make all kinds of bad decisions because we have not really learned how to manage our money very well, all right? You must also be able to, when you're a good manager, you understand other things that affect your money. If you live in the U.S., which you all do, you know taxes affect your money. Ta taxes affect your take-home pay. So you understand all that. Management improves your decision-making ability. You know, Jesus said, if a man wants to uh, if a man wants to build a tower, will he not sit down and take an account? I mean, you don't start something you can't finish. You know, you, don't, you make an account. You, not, you figure out, you know, what I have. Can he finish it? This is Jesus talking. Jesus is saying, you, you must take an account, right? And you know, otherwise you start, you can't finish, and everybody is laughing at you. So you don't, you must be able to do that. Praise the name of Jesus. So today I'm going to talk about two things you must manage properly. It's still the two things we talked about yesterday, I mean last week. You must manage your resources well. If you're going to really 
have abundance. You must be a good manager of your resources. And your greatest resource is you. Many of us don't manage our resource well. Your greatest resource is you. Do you know that you are the rarest resource? You are, another thing about us is we are a renewable resource. It's just amazing. I went to school to be an engineer. Studied engineer, did physics, did all these calculus. Now I'm a speaker. I mean, how, what's the relationship? And many of us are like that, right? Many of us are like that. I mean, you, it's amazing how flexible we are. That's what I'm telling you. It's amazing. It's amazing. You can choose to be something different now. In a few years, you will be doing something completely different. You can transform yourself. You are renewable. You know, we're talking about renewable energy, right? That's the big thing now. That is energy where they don't go away. You don't use the source. The source continues to feed itself. That's what God has made us. You are your greatest resource. If you're not happy with what is going on in your life now, do something about it. Retrain yourself. Learn skills. Do something. I mean, you can determine, you know what? How much do you want to make? If you're not happy about how much you're making now, so what do you, how much do you want to make? Do you know that you can actually, in three, four years, you can get there? You just have to use this person. That person, you have to look into the mirror and say, how do I manage this resource? Even God says, we have this treasure. You are a treasure in an atom vessel. You are a treasure. You are your greatest asset. I want you to say to yourself, I am my greatest asset. Isn't that what God tells us? We have this treasure. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. You have a treasure in you, but you know treasure that is unrefined will not be useful. You know, that's treasure. I mean, if you just go and dig, if somebody just dig gold from the ground and they just give it to you, you know you are going to throw it away. It's so disgusting. You know, you know it is after it is refined that it becomes attractive. Somewhere in the book of Proverbs, the Bible says, it is a lazy man that will not roast their game. A lazy hunter. A lazy hunter will sell their spoil raw. And it's, I mean, and they lose money. It's cheap. If you just go and shoot, you go to the, you just go to the bush and shoot, or whatever, however you kill it, and you go and decide. So those of us who grew up in... Uh, in Africa, I grew up in Nigeria. That, that's common in most third world countries. You, you are, you're driving on an express road on Turnpike on Parkway, and some guy comes out of the bush. <laughs> and he gets some meat they just killed, hunted, right? He was just hunted, and he just wants to sell it. Now, he has only three hours to sell it. Nobody wants to buy something that was killed seven hours ago. He has only three hours. Get that. That's, that's, that's pressure. By the time it's two hours, whatever the person giving, is, he sells it. But, you know, a wiser hunter say, you know what, I can roast this. I can make some roast beef. I can package it. I can put something on it, and I can sell it however I want. Look at the big difference. Someone refines what they have, right? 
someone says, many of us are so raw. You haven't trained yourself. You haven't refined yourself. And you think people should pay you more money. Nobody just pays you to just show up. Nobody pays you more money to show up. In fact, you are paid based on the problem that you are solving. You know, that's how market determines. Of course, there's also demand and supply, but even that is tied to what problem are you solving? I mean, if I can solve that problem and you show, a plumber shows up in your house, your thing is leaking, water is all over the floor. Now, whatever he charges you, right? You pay because, so you say, oh yeah, my bill is 75 bucks an hour. You're like, really? 75 bucks an hour, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a valve that broke. The valve is $3.79, right? And it has some tool, it just, uh, you know, wrench, just tear it, remove it, pull it, and, it give you, and you give him the money and you are cursing him inside of you. <laughs> right? Inside of you, you are cursing the guy. Why? He solved the problem. If you really want to increase uh, your income, start solving more problems. Hallelujah. Retrain yourself. You are the greatest asset. Do something about it. Look into the mirror and say, you got to start. And look, the ability of the human mind, it is unbelievable. We just, we don't take advantage of it. The ability, I mean, it's human mind that figure out how to do so many things. I mean, we like to think those people are special. No, they are not. They think. Many of us, when we run into problems, sometimes it's, a, it's God's way of getting you to think. It's many of the things you cry about, they are actually God's opportunity for you to push yourself, to press yourself. I think we need to turn this off. It's, it's, it's disturbing me a bit. So you need to do something about it. Thank you. God's... Ability, God has put something inside of you. The, our ability to be able to, to expand, to figure out, to retrain our mind, to learn new languages, to learn, some of you, you just, shut, but we shut our mind. We say, no, no, I don't want to know more. I don't care. I don't want to. It's not too late to do something new. Praise the name of Jesus. So you are your greatest resource, and you must manage yourself well. Hallelujah. You are also a rare resource because no one else can deliver it. Right? That's why it's rare. No one else can come inside of you and make you do stuff. All right? You can say, you know what? I am not happy with where I am now. The problem is many of us, I think we are not mad enough. We are not angry enough. We are not saying, you know what, I need to do something. And that's, you know, and God sometimes just leave you until you are really mad enough. Hallelujah. So you must manage yourself, your energy, your time, your skill. You must manage that. You know, you must be your, if you can't manage it, get someone to manage it for you. You know, that's why people get coach. People get people that, that really drive me. All these sports, uh, sport artists, the reason why they can be their best is they hire someone to manage them. All right? They hire someone because they know that the tendency is to be lazy. 
The tendency is just to say, you know what, uh, you know, I'm going, to, I'm going to sleep in today. You know, I'm just going to sleep a little bit. I'm not going to push myself. So you get someone that gets you to push yourself, that, gets you, that pushes you, that makes you, that they drive you crazy, but they push you. All right? Many of us, many of us are fortunate to have those people in our lives. You know, maybe we have parents, we have uncle who push you. Who tell you I'm not taking that? No, 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 no. You can do better than that. No, you can stretch further than that. Yes, you can solve that problem. You need to do that to yourself. You need to give someone that permission. All right? As an adult, because it's an adult now, nobody can do it for you. That's why it's, being an adult is dangerous. <laughs> no, 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 it's dangerous. Actually, the reason why many of us don't become what we're supposed to be is because we're adults. If we are kids now, it's easy. You know, you know, we are an adult now, we can, if we talk too much, somebody talks too much, you're going to say, no, 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 you're not my mom. <laughs> you're not my dad. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Like, don't, just, okay, I'm not your friend anymore. You unfriend them and you move on. <laughs> All right? Guess who is a loser? It's you. We need someone to push us because we are not going to be the best of us. I'm doing this because I want you to be the best you can be. Chances are that you are not that now. Chances are you have so much potential inside of you now that is not coming out because you are not being managed properly. You're not managing your time well. You're not managing your energy well. You're not managing your skill well. You're not managing your career well. You are not setting your priorities straight. You know, you are making excuses for yourself. You are telling people, I have to sleep 10 hours. You know, I have to do this. You are making all these excuses, and that's why you are not where you need to be. So manage your resources well. You must develop that. And you must develop, there are tactics to manage it. There are ways you manage your time. Many of us still don't use calendar. It's just whatever comes, whatever goes. You cannot maximize yourself that way. You don't, you see, if you, don't, if you don't wake up and say, this is how I want to spend my today, no, someone is going to do it for you. You know, no, someone is going to do it for you. I mean, something is going to just push you around. At the end of the day, you've done nothing. How much time of the day are you, are you, are you, do you allot to your personal relationship with God, right? How much are you allotting with improving yourself? Have you allotted with improving yourself? How much have you allotted with, you know, your friends, you know, maybe your family? How much have you allotted with all those things? You need to do all that. If you don't do that, something don't dominant, something dominant will just take everything up, right? And you will find out that you are not managing yourself very well. Praise the name of Jesus. The second thing you must do, you must manage, is your money. All right? You can manage yourself and do well and bring income and bring salary and bring investment and bring all these things and not be able to manage the money that comes to your hand. All right? Anytime money comes to your hand, it's an opportunity for you. Are we having problem turning this off? This cannot be turned off. If you need to come up and turn it off manually, just do it. All right? Please. Thank you. All right. So managing the money that comes to your hand is very important. Because anytime money comes to your hand, 
it becomes your responsibility to do something about it. Every money that comes to your hand, you are a manager of it. First of all, God is watching how you are managing it. Right? God is watching it. Because God says, you know what? Let me see how he's managing this or she's managing this. So, so we know whether we can give more. So what are you doing? Part of money that comes to you, of course, some of them go to God. Some of them go to you, right? Some of them, some of them go to your future. Some of them are seeds. You know, when a farmer harvests, and they are excited about the harvest, and just take everything home, and they just eat, and they, they just eat, and they just forget, oh, what are we going to eat next year? How we finish everything. That's an unwise farmer. A wise farmer actually selects the best of the seed, of the, of the harvest, to plant for future. That's a wise farmer. A wise farmer says, you know what? What kind of harvest? I want to have bigger harvest in future. So the best of this crop, I need to select. I need to put aside so that I can plant them for future harvest. That's, that's a wise farmer. So every money that comes to you, part of them are seeds for your future. Part of them are what you spend now. Part of them are what you give. I mean, all those things are very important. And you are the only person that will make those determinations. But sometimes we don't even think about them. So we are not good managers. We just allow life to dictate things, you know, Life just push you around, dictates, and you are just from one crisis to another crisis. Many of us are in constant financial crisis. If you look at your life over the last 10 years, you've been in constant financial crisis. That's your problem. That's a serious problem. That's some, that shows me you have not been using God's wisdom. Now, I'm not saying if you have been going to, through finances for the last six months. We all go through rough patches. So if you're going through financial challenges, sometimes it's a temporary thing because you find yourself in a different situation, change of job, loss of job, you just migrated, you know, all those other things can create it. But if you look, look at your life over the last five, ten years, you are always ask. your prayer point is always for money. Ah. <laughs> Even in heaven, they are like, this guy has come against some... Some, I think they have a big shredder in heaven where they shred some prayer points. They just say, oh, yeah, these are, these are, these are, they are not. No, 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 no. Some things are not. Yeah, God does financial miracles. I, I believe that. We pray, we've seen that. God does financial miracles. But that is not the way he governs our financial life. Our financial life is largely a function of our knowledge of our wisdom, and God has made that available. If you are constantly needing miracle to be on top financially, something is wrong. You know, so, so really, let's, let's know that. So you must manage them well. Hallelujah. Proverbs 21, 20 says, The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. Are you a spender? Are you someone that derives your, your esteem from 
what you wear, what you drive. Those things are not supposed to be. If it's driving you, driving you into debt, then you have a serious problem. You have a serious problem. There is time for everything. You know, you know don't, don't look at someone's TV. Oh, I must buy that. Oh, someone's got it. If you're such a person, you have a rooted problem that you need to deal with. Something deep is wrong. So the best way to manage your finances is to have a goal for yourself. What is your personal financial goal? Do you have one? If you don't have one, then you must start from there. Is your goal, are you in debt right now? Can you get a, must you, do you need to get out of debt? Do you want to achieve something in future? Do you have to do that? You need to have a goal. Where are you going financially? What do you want to achieve? Then ask yourself, the way I am living now, does that support that goal? And that's a simple question. If the answer is no, then something must change now. Something must change now. Because a lot of times, people's goals are just wishes. They're just things that you just want. Oh, I like to, I like to buy a house one day. Oh, I like to go on vacation one day. Oh, I like to be this. I like to be. No, 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 no. Goal are concrete. The way you are living now, does he support it? The income you have now, does he support it? Now, what can you do about that? And there are a lot of things you can do. The only thing is we deceive ourselves. We absorb, you know, sometimes we use prayer to absorb ourselves of our responsibility. You know, prayer for some people is like a drug. Yeah, like a drug to numb, to not think about what I need to do. You know, if I just give it to the Lord, and Lord is saying, no, I gave it to you. <laughs> there, are, there are some problems I need to undo. There are some things you need. You need to go and get some financial literacy for dummies and read. <laughs> and you say, God, can you read it to me in my sleep? <laughs> I think that's some of the conversation we have with God indirectly. God just revealed it to me in my dream. God is saying, oh, boy. That, here goes another one. Another, another, another fool. And God, I want God to be, God is excited about wise children. If you read the book of Proverbs, the father loves wise children. And we are going to be wise. You know why? Because that's when we can make God proud. And that's when God can bless us. You know, when we begin to really apply some of these things, you're going to see doors open. I'll give you an example. Knowledge attracts things. Do you know things you know are things you see? Even in simple life, the, the, the moment you know about a car, you start seeing that car everywhere you go. The car you never saw before on the road. So you have a discussion about that car, it's gray, how it performs well, how everything, all of a sudden you get on park, you're like, ah, everybody has just gone to buy this car. <laughs> no, they've been driving that car for a long time. You are unaware. I know that money doesn't go to where it is not respected. And knowledge is a way to show that we respect something. And knowing more about it will attract more of it into our life. You attract more opportunity into your life. You attract more things into your life. So let's manage what we have well. 
Our true wealth, hopefully, I'm sure they do a lot of things. Women have done things. True wealth have done things. Many of us, you don't think these things are important. They are very important. They give you practical tool. And the Lord will help you as you do so in Jesus' name. I'd like to pray for you. I'd like to pray for you. I'd like to pray for you. I'd like to, to place your hands on your head. You know, it's just on your forehead. I'd like to pray for you. Lord, I'm praying in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, you are the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I am praying that you begin to reveal the wisdom of God in the area of wealth building, in the area of wealth creation, in the area of abundance. You release it upon this house. Because first I know it will be used for the right purpose. Because if you bless us, it will build your kingdom. If you bless us, it will not build the devil's kingdom. It will not go to go-go bar. It will not go to drugs. It will not go to, you know, pornography. It will not go to the, no, it will go to things that will build your kingdom. So I'm asking according to your promise that you will release wealth into this house. You will release wisdom to create wealth. You will begin to give us the supernatural ability to tap into that resources, those treasure, those ideas, those skills that you have put inside of us for the purpose of your kingdom. I begin to stir them up right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And I release an anointing for wet creation upon this house. Ideas will begin to flow in the heart of your people. Impossibilities will begin to break, give way to possibility. Business ideas will begin to flow in the mighty name of Jesus. Ability to acquire new skills. Many people here need to retrain themselves. Lord, I'm praying for supernatural ability to be able to learn new things, learn new skills, improve themselves, to be able to have an edge in the marketplace in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you because you have answered our prayer. We give you all glory and all honor. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen.